Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with our Elimination Chamber preview episode of the Chick Foley Show. It's going to be a great episode. We're going to take the temperature on where we're at on the road to WrestleMania. Got some figure reviews for you guys, some retro recommendations, and a bag full of listener mail. But before we get into it, let me start by introducing the star of the show. Sheena, how you doing? Doing good. We are well on the road to WrestleMania. I feel like we're like, we're like uh, we've we're already deep like, into the road trip. We've already made yeah, a pit stop. Already you stopped know? and filled up for gas ones. Got some <laughs> snacks. People are getting a little bit crabby. Yeah, you're not quite close enough to where you're just getting excited about the destination. You're I just uh, just on the road. I feel like it's flying by. We've had so much happen that like it feels like the Royal Rumble was so long ago. Like we're already coming up on Elimination Chamber, but it feels like the Royal Rumble was like last year. Yeah, it, it, there has been a, an absolute ton that's happened since. Uh, since the rumble. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a great show. A lot to get to. Uh, as always, we'll kick it off by asking Sheena what's new on the forum. Ooh, I have some exciting new developments here. So Seth and the kids were in Kentucky this past weekend, um, just visiting family and stuff. So I was here all by myself. The, um, the you know farm store got in their orders of chicks and everything. And I was like, so tempted to go buy some chicks. And I'm like, you know what? We have fertilized eggs here on the farm. I want to try something new. And we have this this chicken that just lays these absolutely beautiful eggs. So I wanted to try to hatch some. So went, got myself an incubator, and I'm currently incubating some of our, our chicken's eggs over in the living room. <laughs> so. so what's kind of like the, the cost benefit trade-off of doing the incubator as opposed to just having a a hen set on the eggs like you see in the cartoons and the movies? Well, I mean, the cost benefit, it really depends on what your goals are for your farm, you know, and that sort of thing. So I won't, I won't go down the rabbit hole of all of that. But as far as just like convenience, um, having an incubator obviously gives you the control of like being able to time up hatch eggs whenever you want. If you're waiting for nature to do its thing, you have to wait for a hen to like go what's called broody where they want to sit on the nest and hatch their eggs out. So you got to hope you have a broody hen. Um, if it were up to me though, I, I prefer broody hens. Like what I prefer having the mamas raise the babies versus having babies in a little like chick chick box where you raise them up and then put them out when they get bigger. Um, it's just more convenient. I feel like the chicks are, are better for it, you know, getting they getting raised in the natural environment. So, uh, you know, there's pros and cons to both. So we'll have to see how these guys do these these test tube babies when yeah. they get out in the wild. <laughs> yeah, so it should be uh, whatever day daylight savings time is. I, I marked it on my calendar, the hatch day. It takes 21 days. So once you start incubating, it's three weeks, uh, and then you have your hatch day. So we'll see how many of these eggs are viable in about a week. Um, and then beyond that, we'll just close them up, and you know, then it's, then it's in God's hands. So <laughs> we'll see. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted if we have any hatchlings uh, here in the incubator. All right, putting the, the chick in Chick Foley. Oh, Yes, absolutely. That's Do you good. got any uh, wrestling-inspired names you got earmarked for this batch of uh, baby chickens coming up? No, I was really bummed because I marked the the date wrong down on my calendar, and I thought their hatch day was going to be um, on St. Patrick's Day, and uh, I was already had like a, you know some Irish names. I was going to name one Finn, you know, and then uh, JD McDonough. <laughs> so we had. I was so bummed they weren't all going to get Irish names. Some. Uh, Freaking Becky Lynch. Well, you know, sis is already demanding we name one Becky. Yeah, we, really if we have a Becky. yeah, if we have a him, one of them's going to be named Becky for sure. Our our daughter is obsessed with naming a chicken Becky Lynch. So, 
All right. Uh, I want to remind you guys, this show is brought to you by Ringside Collectibles. Use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your figure purchases there. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Uh, Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. You can join the fun, uh, our private Facebook group. Um, find all that information over at chickfoley.com. Join the Patreons, $2 a month, literally eight quarters. Like it's not, you can't <laughs> yeah. even get a cheeseburger for that anymore, but know, you can get, sad. Uh, you know, a month of access to the absolute best wrestling group on social media. I know big thing for us, man, is like a lot of times, like you just don't have a lot of wrestling friends, like in real life. And this is like a group of, uh, of hardcore wrestling fans and it's a small group you know it's around 200 members so everybody it really does become you know like family man like i feel like we bs about stuff outside of wrestling just as much as we do actual wrestling stuff in there yeah i feel like a lot of groups are so big and there's there's benefits to having those large groups too i mean access to people and whatnot but um it's just like you're just kind of anonymous in there you know whereas like here like we know everybody we know everybody's quirks and you know it's it's a fun group fun family atmosphere and best of all i can honestly say like you know knock on Mm -hmm. wood somebody could go in there and pipe bomb the group tomorrow but uh we we don't have any drama in our it's group been drama free it's sure. hard yeah it's very hard to find a facebook community of any kind where there's just like not you know it's snarkiness like, and it's like the 2020 aw locker room back there man <laughs> everybody's getting along everybody's getting along wrestling. yeah it's just you know butterflies and rainbows back there so yeah, we're always doing fun events competitions and plus the the fig hunting right you have the communal fig hunting that just really really helps out nowadays because distribution's kind of hitting a little bit of a lull these last couple weeks um but we'll get into that during uh, the figure news. Uh, Shane, you ready to talk some wrestling? Oh, yeah. All right. So this Saturday morning, bright and freaking early. Actually, it's not even going to be bright. It's, it's not just, even going to be bright. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, gonna be dark early. And early. Uh, Four o'clock our time. You know, it's going to be 5 a.m. on the East Coast. Uh, you know, folks in Cali, it's going to be, you know, two o'clock in the morning getting up. See, if we were in Hawaii, it'd be uh, like that one. We yeah, had we the one midnight. Australian show. They had the... Super Showdown back in 2018. I think the pre-show started at like 11 o'clock. Sheena somehow stayed up all night for that back in Hawaii. Yeah, that was like a miracle achievement. Seth was like, there's absolutely no way you're going to stay awake through this whole show. Yeah. Um, and I somehow I somehow managed. I don't yeah, know. I still don't understand how she did that. Um, <laughs> but I, we were going to talk matches first. I think maybe we just talk about the overall concept uh, before we get into the individual matches. What What are your thoughts on, on having a pay-per-view kicking off at 4 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Oh, I am here for that. That is right in my window. I, it's like, you know, only about an hour before I typically get up. Sometimes I'm up at 4 a.m. Um, and just have some coffee, some breakfast. That's when I'm at my best is that first thing in the morning. So I will be up. I'll be able to stay up. Won't be dozing off through any of the matches. Granted, there's only four, but, um, you know, won't be dozing off halfway through the elimination chamber and, you know, popping back for the, for the final, um, finish but um yeah i four o'clock in the morning is primo to me i feel like 5 a.m would be a little bit better if you remember the saudi shows when we were uh in hawaii those started at yeah. like 6 30 in the morning i felt like that was kind of perfect four is a little bit early for me but i do always like a change up man any anytime we're mixing it up a little bit with a different time it just it makes it feel special so yeah i'm excited for the it show, the show will just be ending as like the sun's coming up you know what i mean so yeah. it, it's a uh, you know i, I think it's going to be a good time do uh, we got any special food and drink plans uh, for this this Saturday? We're just going to do a uh, big old fashioned breakfast, bacon, farm fresh eggs, you know, raw milk. Set the you don't drink milk, but I thought we we're going to get some mimosas flowing and some mimosas. We're going to get some mimosas flowing, some coffee. I might get some boozy coffee. I might get some. There you um, go. Catch you know, a little buzz for the kids. Get out of bed. Yeah, get some booze going in my coffee that morning. It's going to be it's going to be a good time. Do you think Brett will wake up for it or will he sleep in? 
Uh, it depends, dude. Brett surprises me sometimes. He's like you. He's got he's got the night owl gene. He wants yeah. to just like stay up and sleep, sleep in. in. Um, I could so. see him getting up and then immediately going back to sleep on the mm-hmm. couch. Like yes. Sandy wants to get up, but then going to sleep five minutes after. Yeah, it start watching the show and then just pass out. I, can, yeah. I think that'd probably be the most likely scenario. Gonna be fun though, and like I said, it, it's you know it's a one off, so we'll see how it goes. I know we got pay per views in Germany and France this year. Those will be a little bit more similar to that UK pay-per-view we had last year kicking off in the middle of the day, which those are really good, nice too. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The, see, the good thing about the morning is you get up, you get it done, then you still have your whole day ahead of you. Whereas like that midday pay-per-view, like you have to like time your, you know what I mean? Like, and you got, especially if you got kids doing like sports things and like all the stuff, you know what I mean? Like that middle of the day window is kind of hit or miss. I agree for the morning. To me, this isn't morning, though. This is like morning slash middle of the night, man, starting at four o'clock. Like, I, you know, Brett's going to have karate at 10 o'clock that day. I feel like I'm definitely going to need to uh, hit the rack for at least an hour or so after karate. I'm, I'm going to be dragging ass after being oh, up yeah. at 4 a.m. for yeah, a pay-per-view. Sure. Uh, 6 a.m. start. Yeah, maybe that would be ideal. I, I, I know what you're saying, though. We talked about it. A lot. One of the one of the great things about living in Hawaii was NFL football. You know, you wake up on Sunday morning and it's there. Football so you got starting. yeah, you get the afternoon games are done by like eleven o'clock. The Sunday night game is over. You know, at like two three o'clock in the afternoon. It was just it was beautiful. Yeah, good times. All right, we're gonna start talking about a uh, elimination chamber. All right. So, well, we've been talking about elimination chamber. Well, I mean, are we gonna the like, matches? Yeah. Get into let's the, get, the matches. Let's get into know. the nitty gritty. Let's get in. We only got yeah. four matches to uh, to talk about. So, uh, you know, real quick, this is the second straight pay per view they've done this. The Royal Rumble also only had four matches. Um, what do you think of the, these these tighter, leaner pay per view cards? Well, I don't think it's going to be necessarily tighter and leaner. Like like Royal Rumble, you had two Royal Rumble matches, and then you had two. In this, you're going to have two elimination. Chamber I still matches. don't understand so like, how that Rumble card lasted almost four hours, I'm man. T- dude, I, know, I, remember, I thought it was going to be zippy. And yeah, it was not. I remember like 2018 Rumble. I think they had like nine or ten matches on that show. Still two Rumbles, and then you had like six or seven additional matches. Um, and I feel like it was about the same length. I feel like it was about you no know, four, four and a half hours, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, they're definitely going to slower pace. It does make the matches feel bigger when they're in the ring. Like nothing kind of gets kind of yeah. gets lost. But I don't know. I feel like they could have they could have filled this card out a little bit more. Like I know cool. Gunther had some visa issues that kept him from traveling uh, down to Australia. I feel like Gunther and Jay would have been awesome for the pay per view. They had a pay per view quality match Monday night. Yeah, no reason we couldn't have seen that. Um, on the you know on the actual elimination chamber. We do have, we do have a Grayson Waller effect with uh, Seth and Cody. So True. that's going to be a whole ass segment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Between like, entrances and everything else. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be 25 minutes. Yeah. So for sure. Um, and they may, we're, so as we're recording it, this, this is Wednesday night. Um, and uh, we don't know, like yeah, we they, could, could, get they some could add something on SmackDown. On. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's, we're going to kick off with the um, tag team match for the undisputed WWE tag team championships, the judgment day. Finn and Damian Priest versus uh, New Catch Republic, Pete Dunn and Tyler What do you think Ray. of that name uh, instead of British Strong Style? I feel like British, uh, British Strong, Strong Style is so much better, dude. I, New Catch Republic, um, it sounds like a freaking, like an emo band. Sounds like a club or something. <laughs> yeah, New Catch Republic. A hipster brewery. Yeah, that serves fish. But either way, I think this match has very, very strong steal the show potential. Like, I oh. actually, to the point where... I don't even know if you're necessarily car- calling it stealing the show because I'm going to be surprised if this isn't the match of the night. Finn oh, yeah. and Damien have been like a sneaky good tag team. You know, typically it's people kind of roll their eyes at the two singles guys just teaming up. But they, you know, Judgment Day is just awesome, dude. They've been really coming to their own over the last year. 
um, and had a good tag title run. And you know Pete Dunne and Tyler Bader, two of the yeah. best wrestlers in the world. Dude. Go back that. and go back and watch their NXT UK Championship matches. These guys are just incredible in the ring. Um, I think Tyler Bate is really, really. It's kind of criminal how underused he's been over the uh, the last couple of years. You know, just hanging out in NXT and stuff, dude. He's still super young. I think he's still like twenty five, twenty six. Um, but he's absolutely one of the best wrestlers. Yeah. So he he just turned twenty six, or he'll be turning twenty seven here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, one of the best wrestlers in the world. I'm really hoping. I, I don't know. I, I this one could go either way. I'm hoping we see Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate get the win and, and grab those tag championships. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would love to see that. I would pop for that big time. But I think the Judgment Day are going to retain, dude. I don't. I just don't think switching hands this soon before Mania um, feels like you want them in a tag team champion, a, a big time tag championship match at Mania. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because, like I said, not no shade to Pete Dunne or Tyler Bate. I love both those guys. Every I, I you know. Uh, I second everything that Seth said about them, but um, I don't think this is this is the moment for them. I feel like they could still gain a lot too if they just have a a hell of you know a match of the night and come up just short. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's still something to be gained and defeat for them. And then you know the the tag scene is really heating up as we head into Mania. You got the Creeds on the main roster now. Um, DIY are, are doing their thing. DX, you, know, you mean? Yeah, DX. Uh, and then yeah, you know Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. You got AOP back back on SmackDown. I think we could get, you know, for the second straight year, a really big time tag team championship match at Mania. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where they go from from Elimination Chamber. All right. So you're uh, so you're sticking with Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate to. Uh, I don't really got a prediction on this one. I'm rooting for Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. I think this one could go either way. Yeah, I'm rooting for Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. I think Judgment Day is going to retain. Um, next, we're going to talk about the elimination, the women's elimination chamber uh, match. We got Becky Lynch versus Bianca versus Liv Morgan versus Tiffy Time versus Naomi, and um, recently added on Monday Night Raw, Raquel Rodriguez. I feel like they've just—I don't want to say they painted themselves into a corner because that makes it sound like it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's just been so heavily telegraphed. If I'm taking my kayfabe, you know, brain off. I don't think there's anybody keeping Becky Lynch from fighting Rhea Ripley yeah. at WrestleMania. Um, all these, all these ladies are, are really awesome, super talented. Um, but I feel like with where their their relative pushes are right now, Becky's just head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah, um, my only thing is like you know, then what's with Bianca? Are we saying that she's going to fight Jade? Possibly hit something up with Jade between now and Mania? Um, because oh, dude, there's no yeah. way like Bianca's not going to be on the Mania card. That yeah, is- we'll see. I, they could, you know, they could come up with something for her. Tiffany Stratton. You got to imagine she's probably going to have a match. Naomi, like, there's a ton of awesome females that she could wrestle. Um, and you know, away from the championships, we'll see what yeah. happens with Bianca. You're right, though; she doesn't have a clear story, and they you you have to have something. You can't leave Bianca yeah. off the WrestleMania card. But I feel like this is Becky's to win, man. I don't I don't see anybody else sneaking in there. Yeah, same. I am. Yeah, you know, I think Becky's gonna win this. No, no questions asked. Um, moving on, we got a uh, <clears throat> a uh, singles match for the women's world championship: Rhea versus Nia. I think this is strictly a showcase for Rhea. <laughs> yeah. Nia has been really good. Since she's come back this last time, probably the best been, she's been yeah. in WWE, but she has less than zero chance. Rhea is going to be the baby face of the century there in front of her, you know, her home country. And I think this is just a coronation moment for her. This could go last, man. Honestly, this match could main event just to give Rhea the, I think, you know, she's already like the most over person in the States on TV. So just imagine what it's going to be like in Australia. Uh, so I think Rhea goes over big time. I think the big question is, do we think Rhea Can- and Becky main event night one? 
you know, I feel like if you want to have the women in that spot, I feel like it's a much, if it, it feels much more WrestleMania main event than, uh, than match. no, than Bailey and EO. If you want to get the women. Oh, get them, oh okay. Well, so are you saying if rock and, uh, rock and Roman and Cody and Seth fight on night one. They're not going to be the main event. No, I'm saying if I'm saying if you want to get the women, if they have like a mandate, if they have like an edict that they want to get the women in the main event for night one, your two choices are going to be Becky and Rhea and EO and Bailey. And I feel like Becky yeah, and Rhea Becky is and the Rhea's much bigger, more yeah. viable choice. I feel like that could totally, I, I think if they do that, if they end up doing that tag match, which we'll talk about in detail here in a little bit, I see that opening night one. I think you had that match open night one to just get everybody buzzing and set the scene. I don't, I don't think that ends up being the, uh, yeah, it could event. be a good opener. Um, for sure. I'm, I think Rhea is going to retain. No questions asked. But for bonus points, though, does Rhea do the riptide on Nia Oh, yeah. Yeah, she definitely does. <laughs> oh, boy. Nia has dropped a few LBs since she's been back, and yeah. Rhea is a hoss. So, yeah, she could definitely do it. All right. And moving on to the men's elimination chamber match for a world heavyweight championship match at WrestleMania 40. We got Drew McIntyre. Versus Randy Orton versus Bobby Lashley versus LA Knight versus KO versus Logan Paul. I think Drew's got this one similar to the uh, similar to the women's. I I think this one's been heavily telegraphed. Now the X factor they have in this one is Randy Orton's in the match. Randy Orton, we've said mm-hmm. this before on the show. He's Never just like Charlotte. Dude. Randy, Orton. Ra- Randy Orton or Charlotte. They can never, ever be counted out in any sort of championship or number one contender type situation because they're, I mean, they're just absolute legends, right? They're beyond Hall yeah. of Fames. They're they're in the Hall of Fame of the Hall of Fame, right? And they have instant credibility. No matter what their push is at that moment, what their momentum is, they always have credibility. So, um, you know, if Triple H, again, we're, we're taking our kayfabe hats off here and just kind of thinking how this is going to be booked towards media. If Triple H wakes up with a wild hair up his ass and says he wants to do a swerve, I could totally see Randy winning. And, you know, Drew could Drew could get his big title match at Backlash or something. Uh, Randy and Seth got enough history. You could totally heat that up for WrestleMania. But the writing on the wall says uh, Drew McIntyre is going to Mania to face Seth and probably win. I was going to say, the, if you poor Drew. I think he deserves he deserves this moment. He's built he's killing himself. it right now. He's killing it right now. I, I you know, they he had his moment during the pandemic era and then he got beat when he had his his rematch or his like, you know, his uh what's the word I'm looking for? He was gonna have his crowning moment against Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania thirty seven. Yeah, and got freaking beat. Dude. Yeah, got and, beat off uh, a stupid distraction finish. Yeah, I yeah, I mean Drew really doesn't get enough credit. Drew, Bailey, and Sasha Banks, I mean if it wasn't for them, I don't know how far WWE would have fallen during the pandemic, right? Like, mm-hmm. because just the wrestling in the pandemic was just weird. You know, AEW kind of nailed it, but WWE, they're so big Struggling. on the production. The crowd's such a big part of the show, right? Having that full arena and everything that they just really, really struggled. And they definitely took a dip during the pandemic. There's no telling how bad it would have been if, like I said, if Drew, Sasha, and Bailey weren't there, you know, just treading water, keeping everything afloat. Um, so, yeah, I think Drew gets this. Seth is due for some extended time off. And unfortunately, yeah, I, I hate to say I'd love to see him retain, but mm-hmm. I think Seth is dropping that belt to Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Yeah, 1,000%. Um, 
I think it's going to be an awesome show. I think it's going to be, I think the Elimination Chamber matches are going to be really good. I, I'm excited, dude. I am too. Even for four matches, I saw a lot of people complaining, like saying, oh, if I were, you know, the tickets for this weren't cheap, you know, it in should Australia. Be more than four, man. And, this uh, is the, they're only getting four matches. Yeah. And I, I agree with that, right? Like me, selfishly, as a TV consumer, I don't mind having a four match pay per view um, at home. I, I prefer that over, you know, some of the 12, 13 match epics we had, we've had over the years. I like it. I do think um, I do think the fans in Australia are kind of getting jipped because this isn't in like so Perth, you know, quick geography lesson. Perth is like all the way on the opposite side from like the heavily populated areas of Australia. So not so only is driving it driving to the fucking outback. Well, it's not even driving, dude. A lot of people are flying to this thing in Perth. Right. So yeah. it's not um, in addition to the tickets being high. There's a lot of people. You know, Australia is huge. It's yeah. not. I feel like people think Australia is like, you know, Hawaii, Hawaii or something, I was dude. Say Hawaii. No, Hawaii, Australia is freaking gigantic, and so there are a lot of people within Australia flying to this thing, spending a lot of money. And I do think they're owed more than four matches. I haven't seen details on it. I'm hopefully that I'm hoping they announce that, like you know, like some of they did they did with some of the old school international shows. There's like a house show aspect to this, right? Like these are the four matches for the pay per view. They're going to keep it going, but yeah, the but show. you have three or four additional matches. You know, just some I'd fun stuff. You know, yeah. you could totally have. Cody wrestled Dom or something like that, you know, just some stuff to send the phone, uh, the fans. I'm happy. Bronson Reed's on the show. Give Bronson Reed a match. Let him go out and squash somebody. So I, you know, I have no Intel on this at all. I haven't seen anything that they're doing that. Hopefully that's something that's being advertised locally. And, uh, and there are some additional matches because this is a really big deal for Australia and, and yeah, four matches that, that just ain't going to cut it. No, we did allude to it earlier. I want to get your thoughts on the Grayson Waller effect. What's going to happen on, uh, the, the show. I think there's an outside shot that Roman and Rock show up. Dude. I think you guys they're, they're going to be there. All the rumble, all the rumblings from this whole Rock comeback thing, they all started back in December with some random ass rumor that I, I can't remember what their actual titles are, but basically like the governor of Perth or whatever like province Perth is in in Australia was talking to the local media there and said that the Rock was going to be at Elimination Chamber. Right. That's how this whole ball of wax got going <clears throat> and people were like, you know, what is this guy talking about? And sure enough, it was like two weeks later, we see the rock come out on raw and say, you know, he's going to sit at the head of the table and everything that's unfolded since then. So, uh, it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see the rock show up there for, you know, the rock and Roman show up, you know, the rock kind of gave a little bit of a teaser. They, they went out of their way to make it look like the rock or that Roman is not going to be there on SmackDown and that, yeah. you know, wrestling one on one. the fact that they showed that on screen, makes me think that he's going to be there. So yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, if not rock and Roman, I think we get the B team. I think we get Jimmy and solo showing up and we get a little something. I'm assuming Seth can withstand a little bit of physicality. It seems like that injury he had is not as severe as was originally advertised. So maybe we see, uh, Seth and Cody. you know, maybe he drops a curb stomp on solo or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think we do something to further and set up that tag team match. And again, uh, you know, the next thing we were going to talk about was kind of just temperature on the road to WrestleMania. Shane, where are you at right now with this main event picture between Rock, Roman, Cody, and Seth as we head towards WrestleMania 40? I mean, I'm here for it. When it first was kicking off, I was pissed off like everyone else. Like, I, again, initially when I saw The Rock come back, I was like, holy shit, like, you know, you get The Rock and Roman stare down that you've been waiting for for years now. Um, and so I was really excited for that. And then kind of the dust settled. And I was like, yeah, you know, we want Cody. This is bullshit, you know. Um, and now, and then it got all kind of muddied up and I was pissed off about that, but you know what? They, they've really done the best 
like with what they've worked, you know, working this thing out um, to make it where it's like, okay, I'm still excited for this dude. Like I'm, I'm pumped. So yeah, the press conference they did was really well executed to just get you hyped for it, man. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I was ready to accept the, it definitely was like a leap of faith logic wise when Cody just gave up his WrestleMania spot yeah, to Roman. Yeah, you like, kinda, yeah, you it was one of those wrestling things. Yourself. Yeah. It, it only makes sense if you don't really think about yeah. it. Right. But I was still ready to accept Roman and rock just cause I felt like, Everything WWE's done in the last 12 years has kind of been building to this match. Um, assuming we're getting Roman and Rock next year, which is where it looks like this is all potentially heading, I'm fine with it. If we never get Roman and Rock, I'm going to forever be pissed at the Cody Crybabies, man. I just, I feel like we have to see that match in the ring at some point. Yeah, we have, we 1000% have to see it, but it's not, it's not going to be this year. I, I was a little thrown off, like the Rock, like officially joining the bloodline. I don't know why it just kind of bothered me a little bit. Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> if I'm Paul Heyman, I'm sending Roman uh, tapes or, you know, sending him links on the, on Peacock to go back and watch night uh, to take it back to 1998, the road to WrestleMania 14. He needs to be watching every bit of TV from when Mike Tyson joined Degeneration X until the end of WrestleMania 14. <laughs> Cause that's what I'm seeing right here, yeah. dude. I'm seeing this is a big con, Yeah, you know, the end of it's going to be, it uh, you know, the rocks, the rocks like, going to fast count, yeah. uh, He's going to do a fat, uh, awkward fast count on Roman, and he's going to rip off the uh, bloodline shirt yeah. and have a have a Cody t shirt underneath. Man. American flag. Yeah, he's going to drop the 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 bloodline shirt on Roman's face to end WrestleMania 40, man. So we'll we'll see. Uh, that's definitely what my spidey sense is telling me right now. Um, I do got to give love to Seth. You know, Seth Rollins has been our you know he's our favorite wrestler on the current roster, and when CM Punk got hurt, man, like. Seth's road to WrestleMania looked like it may have just evaporated, right? Like, you know, he was already, everybody already had him penciled in the main event night one against Punk. He was finally going to get his marquee WrestleMania main event, and then Punk gets hurt. And, I mean, we were talking about, you know, maybe they just scrap his whole WrestleMania plans and, you know, have Damian Priest cash in yeah. and, and let Seth just go and get that surgery and rest up and come back ready for, for the summer. Um, but he kind of just, you know, by force of nature, just willed his way into this picture with... Cody Roman and rock, you know, at first everybody's like, why is Seth just hanging around looking like a chump? And now he's made himself, you know, freaking integral to, to the story, right? He's got Cody's back. He knows all of Roman's secrets. He's the one guy Roman's never been able to beat. And he's even been mixing up with the rock. So, uh, I, I love it. If we end up getting this big tag team match, man, like big tag matches like that, they're a hallmark of WrestleMania. Uh, you know, you had Ronda and Kurt Angle taking it's taking on triple H and Steph, Back at uh, WrestleMania 34, Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire against Macho Man and Sherry at WrestleMania 6 was an awesome one. And then back at WrestleMania 1, that main event was had a lot of parallels to this. You had a Hollywood guy coming in with Mr. T teaming up with Hulk Hogan to face uh, Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff in the main event. So um, and I think that'd be an awesome way to kick off night one. I think, you know, I've heard some people saying main event night one. I think you have it kick off night one. Because you have whatever happens. I'm you, know, you assume Seth and Cody are going to go over. You can get some backstage vignettes throughout the night, right? Yeah. Of, you know, further some drama and just really weave the story into it. We've said it over and over. Take advantage of this two-night format, dude. They, I, I don't want... If we're going to... If two-night WrestleManias are here to stay, let's get creative and let's utilize that for something. I don't want it to just be one long WrestleMania broken up over two nights, man. Like, mm -hmm. use all that TV time and stuff to, to tell us a story. Yeah, and you want the main event. You want that uh, that final shot with the title belt. You know what I mean? The fireworks going off in the background, somebody holding up a title to end the show. Yeah. 
um, you got to have that visual to end, to end WrestleMania. Yeah, the thing about this tag match, it'll be awesome. Like the star power between those four guys will be electric. You know they're going to tear the house down, but it's all going to just be setting the intrigue for night two, whether right. that's, you know, Seth against The Rock somehow, Seth against Drew, and then Roman and Cody. Like, right, it's it's just a table setter. And I just think it'd be, I, if that's going to be the opener, I want them to announce it like a week out now. Let everybody get amped up. Like that crowd will be so electric for that to start the show. And I just think that'd be an awesome table setter, you know, no pun intended um, for the rest of the two night event. A hundred percent, but I'm excited for it overall. I am, I'm, you know, I give two thumbs up for WrestleMania 40 so far. Speaking of the bloodline, um, what are your thoughts on Jimmy and Jay? So, you know, they gave us the teaser. It it all started back at SummerSlam, right? When Jimmy just inexplicably still, the biggest, been, pl- yeah, yeah, the biggest plot hole of the whole bloodline story. I get in a lot of ways. I think the bloodline story jumped the shark at that point. Yeah. Jimmy cost Jay the world championship match against Roman. We got him at the first two people in the rumble. And I was kind of let down by that. Right. We, they, mm. they came out. We really didn't get a whole lot. I there thought it was not a lot of. Seeds yeah. Planted. I thought we were going to see that kind of be a big storyline in the rumble. And it really wasn't. It was just, you know, those two is the first two people out. And then, you know, Jay finally courageously almost ends Gunther's record-breaking IC title run and Jimmy screws him over once again. So it looks like we're definitely heading that way for mania. What's your thoughts on Jimmy and Jay so far? So I'm excited to see Jimmy and Jay. It's, you know, a match that we've been fantasy booking for a very long time, but like you said earlier, we never really got explanation as to why Jimmy just turned on Jay other than like, yeah, I'm jealous he or whatever. He, he thought he was going to turn into Roman. Yeah. It, it just still doesn't make it sense. It still doesn't make sense. Then he joined dude. back up with Roman, which yeah, to me that that was where it was effed up because he joined back up with Roman way too soon. And I was just like, okay, so all of that was for nothing. So unless they, uh, I feel like this is the opportunity. If we are going to get Jimmy and Jay at WrestleMania, this is the opportunity to really flesh out and tease out that story of like why he ended up turning on him and going back to Roman and just really kind of, you know, building out a little bit because I mean, Jimmy and Jay is a natural, I mean, it's their brothers, tag team champions, tag team partners, um, part of the bloodline. I mean, eventually it was all going to blow up and, and lead to this. And they talked behind the scenes for years that this is like their dream match. One on one, the two of them at WrestleMania. A hundred percent. So again, it's going to be an awesome match, but um, I just want a little more emotion going in and a little more logic, I guess is what I'm looking for. Yeah. They got, they need to get a little bit more to the story other than just, you know, yeah. Jimmy's an asshole, big brother. Because yeah. the thing about it is, is Jay has really, really leveled up, man. Like, you know, we saw it back <laughs> at the start of the whole Bloodline storyline, right? When Jimmy was hurt and he became main event Jay Uso for the first time. Like, yeah. dude's just a hell of a performer in ring and especially with the character work. And Jimmy's really talented, but I do think, like, it seems like Jay's on another level, right? Like, it, it feels like Jay should just be getting a rematch against Gunther at WrestleMania. Like, this, yes. you know, it's cr- as crazy as it sounds. With where they're both at right now, it almost feels like a match with Jimmy is like a step down for Jay at WrestleMania. Oh, for sure. And, um, you know, I mean, 2K24 took notice, too, because they ranked uh, Jimmy 84 and they gave uh, Jay a score of 90, dude. So, yeah, (laughs) it's just like, you know, everybody's noticing that Jay is ascending to main event status. So it's going to be great. I'm happy to see it. I mean, what what else are they going to do if, you know, like you said, if. If they don't do this, they need to go ahead and tie this up because we don't know how much longer the, the actual bloodline situation is going to carry on, you know? So, yeah, with my prediction right now is the whole thing kind of goes up in smoke and all that's left standing, you know, by the time uh, the dust settles at WrestleMania is is just rock and Roman show, showing yeah. down a year from now. One thousand percent. All right. Uh, let's get into the beverage break. 
All right, the beverage break is where we tell you guys what we are sipping on as we pod. You know, what are you drinking this week? I am drinking an ice cold Red Bull. Um, over at ice. Eight fifty. At eight fifty, I know. Bold move. You're gonna be up all night. I don't know. Caffeine really doesn't even. It just keeps me like leveled out now. It doesn't even affect me as far as like sleep wise. Um, but I definitely I was dragging. I went to put my uh, daughter to bed, and Seth was like, "Set an alarm. Do not go to sleep up there." <laughs> and uh, so you know, I had I had to drag my butt out of that nice warm bed, cuddled up to a you know a little toddler. So um, you know, I was a little sleepy, so I hit the Red Bull pretty hard. Nice. I'm drinking by New Belgium. It's a uh, Tropic Force, I forget exactly what classification IPA it is, but if they've had it going for about the last year and a half now, New Belgium has had their four series. It's been different, uh, like, you know, zombie inspired IPAs. They've all been pretty good. You know, they had Fruit Force. They had one that was like, you know, 80s inspired on the can art. So, yeah, any, anything by New Belgium is pretty dang good. So if you see those floating around your grocery store, definitely give them a try. You ready to get into some figure talk? Let's go. All right, it's time for the figure four, the latest and greatest in uh, wrestling figure news and reviews. I want to remind you, this segment, as uh, as every week, is brought to you by Ringside Collectibles. Make sure you're using code Chick Foley to save 10% there. Uh, Elite 108 uh, inbox images were shown uh, the past couple days. They should be uh, hitting Ringside very shortly. So that's going to be LA Knight's first Elite figures, kind of the big ticket item in that set. Uh, not a whole lot of news from last week, just some minor stuff that I'm sure you guys are, are tracking on by now. We do have some reviews for this week. So two long awaited products. Uh, one was kind of long awaited. One was, you know, it was basically the last Olympics when the thing went up for pre-order. Uh, we're going to start with the MLW figures by Boss Fight Studios. So this was a set of four figures um, that were, you know, they went up for pre-order kind of middle of last year, sadly, because of some of the drama with MLW all of these guys had been gone, had all left the company. You know, uh, Mads Kruger, also known as Cruel on the independent scene, he came back just a couple weeks ago, but it was looking like we were actually going to get a, the first set of MLW figures with none of the guys actually in M- MLW. You know, there's a, a Karrion Cross figure in this set, funnily enough. Um, but we pre-ordered the Jacob Fatu, the Alex Hammerstone, and the uh, cool. the Mads Kruger. Yeah, as we call him uh cruel around here because he was at memphis wrestling back in october and my son was just infatuated with him you know got to meet him get a picture and he won the big halloween spooktacular battle royale so he's been a big cruel fan since then uh and we got the belt pack that i do love that just bam right there was series one i love this dude they dropped a really awesome belt pack so you got all your championships right there uh sheen what do you think of these they are a continuation of the legends of lucha libre line um yeah, from, from boss, boss fight, fight and mass republic that we've been we've had so far but they're you know elite style you know really kind of ultimate edition style almost on the articulation what what's your thoughts on these figs i think they look great they have the um well i mean they got the butterfly joints which are hit or miss i feel like i feel like these look better than the ones on the ultimate edition they're more yeah. low profile dude the ultimate edition ones they look it's like the the, the plastic is thinner so it lays flatter yeah. and so it doesn't look as like bulky as the butterfly joints on the um 
on the ultimates. But uh, speaking of the bloodline, we have Jacob Fatu right here. You could just put him right on the shelf next to your, you know, your Usos and whatnot. Um, but love it. He's got the freaking braids. The the sec- I like the extra head scan. The yeah, like the fierce ones. Yeah, like the freaking war- the warrior. Spike yeah, the warrior face. Um, the freaking barbed wire bat. It's awesome. I'm I'm here for this. Love yeah, this figure. Really, really cool figure. Alex Hammerstone looks great. It looks like, you know, if you're not familiar with him, it looks like he brought some of Dolph Ziggler's old old tights, but he was the MLW champion when this line was first conceived. So if you didn't want to get the belt pack, but didn't want to have, you know, a little bit of championship gold, he comes with the belt. Really, really cool figure. Um, and then the cruel figure is just incredible, it's dude. Definitely dude. the standout of the line. We didn't get the the killer cross slash carrying cross one just because you know, we already have him in the elite line, and I really kind of prefer ball carrying to carrying with hair. How about you? Oh yeah, um, he he had way more um just it factor with, with the bald head. I think you know now he just kind of blends in. He's just a an everyman. But um, yeah, two great looking figures. Well, three great looking figures. We don't have the cruel in front of us because Brett's been having a, a match with. He's him. He's currently like, the champion in Brett's fig fed. <laughs> yeah, he won like a eight one on eight handicap match. It was like uncensored ninety five. You know, the alliance to end Hulkamania. Went up against Cruel and he reigned supreme. But um, yeah, these are great. Like I said, if you like the Legends of Lucha Libre figures, these feel like you know a continued evolution and, imp- and improvement over that line. Um, they're available at Boss Fight Studios right now and Big Bad Toy Store. I assume these are going to be at GameStop. The last Legends of Lucha Libre set was at GameStop. Um, so I, like I said, I assume these will be showing up there. So just keep an eye out. Definitely worth adding your collection if you just want to, you know, get some more depth and and some folks that aren't going to be in the, uh, you know, the main AEW or WWE lines anytime soon. Next figure we want to talk about, long awaited. Uh, I pre-ordered this thing back in June 2022, but it was around for pre-order much longer than that because I had actually pre-ordered it. I want to say, I can't remember. I pre-ordered a couple months prior to that. Canceled it at one point because I was like, eh, dude, I, I heard about some of the drama going on behind the scenes with Chella and was just thinking like, dude, I, this thing's never going to come out. But then I finally was like, eh, I'm really going to regret it if it does come out and ended up pre-ordering it in June 2022. Finally comes in last week. The, uh, you know, it started off as a Chella figure, ended up being an Epic Toys figure, cause, you know, <laughs> Epic took over Chella at, you know, during 2023. We have Sabu, elite style figure and part of their uncensored line. Sheen, what's your thoughts on this Sabu? I mean, I like it. I know there was some drama with the Sabu figure, but um, I don't I think even want it, Sheena handling it. She I can know. just hold it right now. I just took it from her. I could just see her like fiddle fucking with the legs. I know. I was actually playing with the legs, this. and I made myself stop. I was like, "Oh crap! If I break this thing on the air, it's going to be bad." Um, I think it looks great. I love the headpiece. I saw somebody complaining about the headpiece, and they swapped it out for the soft goods headpiece. But um, ours lays pretty pretty good, dude. I think it, yeah, looks, it looks nice, yeah. dude. To me, like you guys know, I'm a hardcore figure fan. I think this thing's totally passable as a display piece, right? Like I, we didn't have any of the leg snappage. I totally moved this guy, gave him the full range of motion with his legs. I did it gently, but there was no yeah. snappage. The people that had the legs break were saying that, you know, they broke right out of the box. Didn't have any of that. It definitely feels like, like a janky elite, right? Like yes. if I had to describe it, you know, it's very close to an elite, but just kind of janky, right? Like the plastic just, you know, it feels like if I squeezed it hard enough, I could snap this thing. Um, but it, if you're looking for just something to display on your shelf, like if you're like me, I really just like to have like at least one of as many different wrestlers as possible. This is a totally passable Sabu to throw up on your on your figure display and have in your collection or to put on like an ECW shelf, man. Like it, it totally it, it's a solid like B minus all, yeah. all the way. You know, it, it definitely pass. It gets a passing grade for me as a collection piece. I would never, ever hand this thing to uh, Brett to play with. Like as far as 
treatment. I'm going to treat this the same as I would like a custom, custom. figure. Um, but I, I give my hats off. And the other thing is, dude, you got to remember, man, like I don't want to be a total shill for Epic, but you know, we are friends with, uh, the, the people running that company and, you know, we, we're real tight with Jamie Wills over at the three points of articulation podcast, which is really kind of the PR firm for, uh, Epic toys in a lot of ways. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that they had n- absolutely nothing to do with the um the formation of this idea right this this figure was a cella design cella had done all the sourcing with the factory collected the pre-orders the easy thing for them to do would have just been like hey you guys are shit out of luck if you ordered this you know i don't even think they had the ability to cancel because they didn't have access to the the funds oh yeah they literally just fulfilled this order as like a goodwill thing um for all the figure collectors to let them know uh you know, to basically let them know that they're going to be the real deal going forward. And you've seen it with their their retro style figures. Like we got their British Bulldogs in. They look tremendous, man. Epic, you know, their powers of pain and demolition sets they just put out look awesome. So I, I wouldn't, if they are going to go forward with, you know, the six inch scale figures, I wouldn't judge them off this Sabu because this was really a cella product that they just kind of helped get across the finish line. So please, if you're out there, just know that Epic's not the enemy on this um, with these figures, man. Like this was really a cella thing and any issues with it or you know, they're kind of in the past, right? And it just hats off to Epic for at least getting this figure in hand because now we have a Sabu. You know, prior to this, we didn't have yeah. a Sabu in the Elite scale, and now we do. I, I think hats off to any of the independent toy makers out there that are trying to make this thing happen. I can't even imagine. Except Rush Collectibles. <laughs> yeah. F All the rest guys. of them, though, yeah. I give everybody else two thumbs up, dude. Yeah. Mitch zombie uh epic you know figure collections yeah they're all putting out some pretty good stuff yeah pretty good stuff and i mean dude like i said i can't even imagine the logistics and legalities and all the things that go into creating something like this um especially in a post-covid world where everything just seems like it's just you know gets effed up all the Added time degrees of difficulty yes term. exactly and so. they're giving us stuff that we never would get otherwise yeah. do like dude we have a duke the dumpster drosy hasbro style figure like i love mattel man we love uh, action figure attack and sweaty bill even though he's got us blocked we love him too <laughs> man like all the stuff they're putting out they're killing it best figure line ever but there was a less than zero percent chance that we were ever ever gonna get duke drozy or you know hasbro style figures of men on a mission and and we're getting those now man it's awesome yeah. i mean we're getting a, Deanna, a diana hart dude. in the next couple months we're gonna have a figure of diana hart from SummerSlam 92 how freaking sweet is that exactly so yeah again hats off to all you guys who are out there creating things for the wrestling figure community all right ready for a retro recommendation of the week sheen uh yeah i think so All right, a retro wrestling recommendation of the week is where we give you guys a suggestion uh, from years gone by to uh, to check out on on Pacock. So I'm going to start with um, Seth. The the uh, I almost almost forgot to ask Seth which it's been par- a staple since we've been doing this. Segment. I know, yeah, the retro wrestling recommendation. We can't kick it off without asking Seth which of his sixty pair of chalk line shorts he is wearing for tonight's retro wrestling recommendation. Uh I'm actually Wow, wearing one not of even the, wrestling shorts. Yeah, these dude. are one of the handful of non wrestling related chalk line shorts I have. These are the Pac-Man shorts. These ones are really, really cool. Basically just the game map of Pac-Man overlaid on their uh you know their their basketball shorts. So love these. Uh remember you can use code PF10 to save 10% on uh anything at Chalkline uh courtesy of the Pod Foundation. So I'm going to go with, um, it's, it's kind of a twofold why, why it's relevant. We just crossed over, um, 
the one year mark since we've seen Bray Wyatt wrestle. His last wrestling match was uh, February of you know in the Royal Rumble. Last the, appearance on TV. Last oh, sorry, the yeah, last him appearance. and uh, Uncle Howdy came out and beat down shit row. Yes. Uh, so we just we just crossed over that. So um, I just want to make sure that we honor Bray Wyatt and um, we're going to watch his Elimination Chamber match from 2017 where he won his first WWE championship. Um, you know, awesome match. Obviously, everybody in the world was excited to see Bray get his his first um, WWE title and uh, or his first, you know, major WWE title. So. I'll give you a third uh, point of historical significance on that one. Uh, That was where John Cena lost his last world championship. Wow. I did not not realize that. He won his uh, 16th um, at the Royal Rumble against AJ Styles just a couple weeks before that show. So his last reign only lasted a couple weeks, courtesy of uh, the Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt. Wow. I did not realize that. So, yeah. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking it to the Stinger. You know, we're inside of two weeks from Sting's last match. Very happy to say me and uh, Brett the Babyface will be heading to Greensboro, North Carolina, meeting up with the Turnbuckle Tavern crew to check out AEW Revolution in, in person to see that one. So I'm going to go Starcade 97, man. Like I, This is far from Sting's best match. It's not even a good match. But kind of like Sheena had mentioned, dude, it's one of the most historically significant matches really in wrestling history, definitely in WCW history. You had the year and a half long build. Sting hadn't wrestled, hadn't even really spoke. And he's finally coming back to face Hulk Hogan for the WCW championship to end the reign of terror of the NWO. The ending is just an absolute convoluted mess. It's worse than anything that Tony Khan could come up with on his best day. Um, You know, as far as just being a mess booking wise, I don't think it left anybody satisfied, but I still will say Sting's entrance at the start of that show is one of the absolute like, you know, five or six biggest mark out hyped up moments I've ever had. The fact that he was walking to the ring, we're actually going to get this match. Sting is going to wrestle. I just remember as a kid at, at that moment, as, Sting, as Sting's walking out, you got the laser light show going on on the ceiling and he just looks like the coolest motherfucker ever, dude. Like I was just so excited for that, man. And obviously, you know, it all came crashing down in about 15 minutes, but <laughs> yeah. for that one moment of time, yeah. it was amazing. Like, yeah, you're like, this is, this is the, this is as good as it gets. Yeah. This is the peak of peak of my wrestling fandom. I remember. So dude, that was kind of like, as far as like wrestling, just absolutely being the biggest percentage of my life. I love wrestling now, but you know, I got a family, I got a job, I got everything else. It's got a much smaller slice of the pie as far as my life goes. And, 13 years old when Starcade 97 was going down wrestling, you know, it was after football season, football season's over at that point. So wrestling is like life at this time. I, to the point where, you know, Starcade, I think it was, it was either December 27th or December 28th. I remember Nana, my grandma, um, one of my Christmas presents, she just gave me like 40 or 50 bucks with the, with like a card. And the sole purpose was so that I could, uh, go to the grocery store and just get whatever snacks and drinks, everything I wanted for Starcade. She knew how excited <laughs> wow. I was, uh, to watch Starcade on pay-per-view. And she literally gave me like a big chunk of cash to just go nuts on, you know, the candy, chips, drinks, all that, man. Oh man, I'm just thinking about what awesome candy treats and drinks <laughs> were available in 1997. Yeah, I know I had a ton of heavy on like the gushers fruit by gushers, the foot i knew you were gonna say i, think gushers. I had a few different flavors of doritos you only had the i think i had mountain dew i don't think i got surge i was always a, a mountain dew guy dude so i think i just had a ton of mountain dew i liked both and then some candy and chips um i probably got like some tombstone pizzas man i was still eating those even back then so yeah we were, great times we were broke we ate totinos 
Oh, Tino's <laughs> we were, garbage. Yeah, we were. Uh, I had my friend, not middle class fancy at that point. In one my of life. my best friends is uh, as a kid, RC. Like his family really wasn't poor, but for whatever reason, they always had Totinos and Tonys, dude. And they're just did ass, they have? Dude. Did they have a lot of kids? No, it was RC was the only. only oh, he child, was an dude. only child. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You know, they're not. I mean, tombstones by no means. Sorry to anybody dude. who's who still eats. Totino's yeah, if you like Totinos or Tonys, yeah, that's fine, dude. But you know, if we're getting into the frozen pizza game, like Tombstone is basically in the same price bracket with Totino, Totinos and Tonys, right? No, like it's, it's not, not, dude. Tombstone, tombstone pizzas have gone up. They're like six bucks a piece now, dude. No, dude. Tombstones are still like three ninety nine. I think. And uh, either way, with your Kroger they're still dude, either yeah. way they're still over in the same section. They're not there with the DiGiorno. No, and they're the nice not ones. with the fancy. They're ones. right yeah, there they're with, with the, the Totinos. CPKs yeah, the- they're definitely. <laughs> They may be at the top of that category, but they're definitely in the weight class with the Totinos and Tonys. Yeah. But the leap from a Totinos or a Tonys, which in my mind, they're like interchangeable, dude. Like I feel like they're probably made at the same factory. And they just no, give them different I, no, branding just to take up more shelf space. There's no identifiable like pieces of meat on the. Um, it's just the little squares. It's the little of squares of like school. The crust sucks. There's b- barely any cheese. Like just, I'm telling you, dude. Try a Tombstone if you are a Totinos or Tonys family. Get the Tombstone. It is. For not that much more, it makes a world of difference. And it's not as expensive as like a DiGiorno or whatever other bullshit's there, dude. Like, you kind of just triggered me but talking like, about Totino's but you and like, Tony's Pizza. You like pe- uh, pizza rolls, right? They're made by Totino's. I mean, I don't know if I like them. I mean, I haven't I don't had a pizza like roll them. in I mean, years, dude. Right, I liked them as a kid. When you were a kid. I mean, yeah. obviously. But a like, pizza roll is totally different from pizza, dude. Like, there's really... A, a pizza roll is really a, a ravioli, dude. It's not even... Yeah. Yeah, it has no correlation to the quality of pizza, dude. So it's... I don't. I don't... I don't think that's a thing that because the so you're pizza not just, so you're not good. downing the Totino's brand just no the I'm just their pizza, Totino's dude. pizza yeah their frozen yeah. pizza suck dude like I said we used to have them at RC's and like just everything I mean there's really no redeemable feature dude the pepperoni sucked <laughs> not enough cheese the crust sucked the sauce sucked dude like there was nothing where you're like you know they suck but you know they got real I really like the sauce on those yeah. anyways dude like no like dude. Get a tombstone, man. Tomb- for bang for your buck, you cannot beat tombstone for frozen pizza. I'll die on that hill all day. I love who a tombstone. Had, who had uh, the heel husband cutting a heel promo on Totina's pizza on your 2024 bingo card? They suck, man. Oh man, dude, get a t- get a tombstone or get like the store, like the deli take and bake ones, dude. Like, yeah. do not. You're just you're better than that, dude. If you're gonna, if you're absolutely like. If you are having financial struggles, dude, and you feel like that's where you're at, dude, just get something else. There's other cheap food you can Ramen. get that'll be way better. Then, uh, or yeah, just get you, some cheap, some bread and some cheap sandwich meat. That'll be miles better than the f- crap frozen pizza. Yeah. I, I think ramen's the best bang for your buck for like, yeah, budget, budget it's meals. It's always delicious. It's always delicious, always hits. Um, yeah. So, are we, um, getting into some listener mail? Let's do it. All right. Speaking of heel promos and speaking of Jamie Wills uh, from the Three Points of Articulation podcast, uh, which rock promo sticks in your head the most? For me, it was during the Billy Gunn feud in 1999 when he brought God into the mix and the debut of It Doesn't Matter catchphrase. So, um, you know, he said he's yet to hear a clap back from Notorious God. So I assume he's running scared. I think the all time most savage one he had that probably actually did more damage than good. I think if you're really going to going to parse it out was 2001 during the invasion angle Booker T finally shows up and makes his debut. Um, he's, he had been the WCW champion, right? So, you know, in theory, the top guy for WCW at the moment, the company went under 
And the rock greets him by saying, who the hell are you? You know, didn't say it like tongue in cheek. Like he definitely conveyed it as if he had no idea who Booker T was. And Mm. I felt like it, it, I feel like it really kind of took Booker T years to recover from that. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. It's pretty iconic. What's the one, the, um, trailblazing jabroni beaten, uh, pie eating, all, all the things, eyebrow raising, um, Tony Barker says, who do you think should be the man to take Gunther down for the Intercontinental Championship? I mean, I could see Sami Zayn doing it. Uh, now that Andrade's back to Andrade El Idolo, I, I wouldn't ma- I wouldn't be mad at like, you know, firing um Andrade up. I don't know if it would be like, you know, ready ready by mania, but um I I think uh, Andrade would be a, a worthy opponent for Gunther. I've seen a lot of chatter about Ch- Chad Gable. I love Chad Gable personally. It would just be hard for me to suspend my disbelief. I know he's a legit athlete, you know, in the whole nine and strong as hell, but it would be it would be a little bit hard for me to suspend my disbelief that Chad Gable was going to go over on freaking Gunther, dude. But uh, I, I wouldn't be mad at seeing it. All right. Um, are you excited for the new season of Dark Side of the Ring? This is from Tony Barker as well. Dark Side of the Ring coming up. And uh, if so, which episodes are you looking forward to? Yeah, I'm really excited. I've been thoroughly entertained by that show. Even the topics that I wasn't familiar with or that I felt like I'd already seen 10,000 times before. Um, I've, they, I just love the production style and everything. Yeah. I'm really excited for the earthquake one. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to turn it into a dark side of the ring. Cause if you know, earthquake, he was like one of the absolute most wholesome of all the wrestlers back in the day, just a really, really good family man. So I'm assuming it's going to be more of a, just a biopic in the style of like the Magnum TA episode or something. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see that because I think Earthquake's a guy who's never really gotten as much love as, as he deserves. Who would you like to see? This is just me asking. Who would you like to see? Because we don't know all the episodes that are announced, right? Yeah, uh, they are announced. Oh, they season. did? Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't see. I just saw a few. Um, well, who would you like to see that hasn't had one yet? Vince McMahon. <laughs> that, I, I have a feeling that's... They could probably do a whole season on yeah. Vince. That could be season five, just a whole that, season of season Vince five. Story. Oh, yeah. Really? I thought it was season four. No, this is season five. Okay. Season six could be a whole season of event stories. Yeah. Probably get really big ratings, too. I would think so, especially since the Netflix thing is now uh, officially shelved to the, the documentary. I thought you were going to say shit canned. <laughs> wow. No. Uh, Zach Hertzler, are you excited for WrestleMania 40? Yep. We said uh, we're, we're pumped. Can't wait. Uh, we always make a big deal, make lots of good food. What are we going to have this year? I don't know. We I had... want poke, dude. You, bet you owe us Ooh, a, a poke meal. I know. It's it's tough. It's two nights, too, so it's perfect for WrestleMania. Yeah, we, lo- we love doing a big poke fest. We Did Did we do it for last Mania, or was it We did it that last... for Mania 37. That was three Manias ago. Was the last oh, time we yeah. did it. Yeah, we did Wings last, last Mania. With like the, I said, you owe us one. The Wells fam. Kevin Eugene, what figure announcements have you pre-ordered and are excited for? Seems like there aren't many things announced in recent times. Uh, I've really just been staying up on the pre-orders for all the retros with grapplers and gimmicks with our buddy Mitch and um, and zombie sailor stuff, man. Well, I'm hoping to see some good first time in the line reveals for Mania. You know, Sandman's been rumored to, um, to have a reveal coming up, and I really want to see the headbangers. They've been under contract for about a year now. I'd love to see what Mattel could do with some headbanger figures. Johnny JB, favorite flavor potato chips. He said, I love me some sour cream and onion. I, I used to like sour cream and onion when I was a kid. Um, I haven't eaten sour cream. I guess it's because Seth probably, I don't, you hate sour cream and onion, right? Uh, I mean, I don't really hate it. I don't think it's really a strong enough flavor to hate it. I just, I never reach for it. Yeah, yeah. So we don't, we don't really buy those anymore. But um, I would have to say, we've talked about them on the show before. Speaking of poke, 
We had, um, you know, they're called Hava chips or Havea chips. Hava corn chips. Hava corn chips. Um, and they're so freaking good. So if you see them in your... Uh, Soy in sauce your, and lime is the flavor on yeah, them. Yeah. And it's it's just a different type of chip. It's just, it's fried. It's deep in a, fried. Yeah. It's deep fried. Super um, crispy. Uh, Thick, just, like thicker than like your typical tortilla chip. Like it's the absolute it's best. It's really not a tortilla chip. It's a corn chip. It's a corn chip. If I was, because I mean, I like a lot of different chips. I mean, obviously your Doritos and like all of your, you know, dill pickle chips and everything, but the flavor is so strong on those. Um, I feel like if I was having like a desert island chip where I could only have one chip for the rest of my life, it would definitely be the, the have a corn chip. So I have to post a picture in the group for all of you guys who are on our Facebook group. So you can be on the lookout for them at your grocery store. I couldn't believe it when we saw them here in freaking Tennessee at Sprouts. So I was super stoked that we have it. We still have a supply of have a corn chips. Um, Brett Sharo, which reveals are you hoping for, for mania weekend? He said he hopes to see the Steiner brothers in their, uh, University of Michigan jackets and Carlito flashback, some Dudleys. Yeah, tie dye Dudleys would be awesome. We've been Again, talking about tie dye. Big, biggest wish for me though is like I just mentioned the elite headbangers. All right, Brett, have you been a completionist in any figure line or wrestling? He said he's debating on getting in some of his uh, just doing a full complete of his favorite wrestlers, being you know Vader, Punk, Kurt Angle. I've never been a hundred percent completionist just because I feel like some of those like. I've never been one to get it just so I could like put a check in the box. Like I, to me, like completionist is like everything I need for like my collection. Now I have had that same thought you've had, like once, whenever the sun finally does set and I just lose like the interest in, in, you know, keep, keep working on, on this collection that, that we have right now. I've thought about maybe just getting rid of everything except the Brett stuff and going back and being like a hundred percent Brett completionist, like get every single, you know, it's so funny because Brett Sherrill's the one yeah. asking, but get every single Brett, the Hitman heart figure out there. I think that'd be pretty cool because he's had a ton across basically every figure line ever. So I think that would be a really, uh, really cool collection with a lot of unique pieces. I will say, I really do like, um, seeing people who have um, a display of one single character and just like kind of really just, like I said, fleshing it out, making it as big and expansive as possible. I just think it looks really neat. And you can kind of see how the figures evolved and the head scans and the, you know, attires and all that stuff have evolved over the years. So I, I love seeing people who have like a full blown, like completionist collection of one particular character. Um the next question, if you, it's from Brett as well. If you could rebook any feud or angle, which would it be? He said he thinks Lashley versus Lesnar was uh, wasted and ultimately never got a good resolution. I feel like Seth and Roman from the start of 2022, I uh, remember they had that awesome one month feud. Seth came out dressed up in the shield gear at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Seth beat Roman by disqualification and then they never did anything else with it, yeah. man. Like, honestly, I thought if they, if they didn't feel the need to do Brock and Roman at mania, they could have totally went with Seth and Roman in the main event at rainy at mania that year. Um, just cause they've never truly had like the proper feud that they should. They've kind of always just been circling each other the last 10 years or so. Um, so yeah, I, I think Seth and Roman from 2022, I would like to have a, a rebook of that. I have a couple, uh, both involving Seth Rollins, ironically enough. I feel like we never got a proper shield reunion. Like it was always, it never felt like how we wanted it to feel. I feel like there is a way to like reverse history and just like make that happen on a, in a bigger way where it feels more like, you know, this satisfying i don't know were you satisfied with the shields like reunion and kind of like you know no it the it never really had the the breakup like because you know when they originally broke up like roman didn't even really roman just moved on like yeah it was just it became a seth and drew story and then 
it was always or Seth Dean. and Dean, and then it was always just kind of muddled the other times when they got back together. It seemed like it was just star crossed every time they they got back together. Yeah, there was after al- that. always something going on. And the Dean o- got hurt the first time. Yes. The next time, Roman got cancer. Yeah. Like, and then they finally got back together the third time, right before Dean left for AEW. And it was like, just kind of yeah, it was all over the place. Yeah. So I wish I wish that we could go back in time and have like a proper like actual you know Shield reuniting situation. Um, and the other one would be I I feel like I was so into Messiah Seth Rollins with AO and buddy murphy and like you know him accumulating disciples and everything they have austin theory at one point too with and them? then yeah they had austin theory had just joined yeah. and then it was like the, the AO- killed that when the a well the aop got hurt and so when aop got hurt then it just all kind of fell apart because it was just him and buddy doing it and that's when the whole like uh mysterio ray mysterio feud. eyeball the thing feud. <laughs> yeah the never-ending mysterio feud happened um and so like i, I wish there was a way to like see how that would have played out because I was really, really into Messiah Seth Rollins. Uh, What dream matches This is also from Brett. What dream matches do you think that we missed out on most angle being my all time favorite wrestler? I'm pissed that we never got angle versus Bret Hart or angle versus Ken Shamrock. Uh, For a recent one, I just think it's absolutely criminal that we didn't get uh, CM Punk versus Kenny Omega. Yeah. I don't think, I don't don't think that's ever going to happen now. No. Um, Sam Rosenthal. Why do you think pushes are halted in a or have halted in AEW? Example: Wardlow, Miro, um, Action Andretti, and uh, he said, "I feel like we've seen so many examples where talent is uh, way over and then they just disappear." To me, the biggest issue is just the rosters overstuffed. Like they have an absolutely incredible roster, probably too many people for for what they have going on for their, you know, the amount of TV and, you know, the amount of pay-per-view stuff they have. I think they're ro- They have too many people on the roster. And I think you have that constant, um, you have that constant tug of war between like, all right, pushing these people consistently. Cause when you do that, that means, you know, that typically means a lot of TV time, which means other people are just sitting on the shelf. Cause there's people that you don't necessarily want to have them trotting out every week to lose. Right. So you end up with have, having people that are getting decent contracts that also probably deserve to be pushed and they're just sitting backstage for, you know, weeks and weeks at a time. And I think it's just tough, man. I think I think they could really do with, you know, a big trimming of the fat, which I think is going to be difficult because Tony Khan's really kind of, I think his public persona of being like the good guy in wrestling and like the good guy promoter, I think that means a lot to him. So I can't really see them doing that thing that WWE does, you know, every April and May, they kind of trim off the bottom 10% yeah. of the company, right? Uh, you know, trim a little, you know, I don't want to say trim the fat because there's typically some pretty talented people that get released in those cuts. You know, we saw Matt Cardona a few years there's ago. There's only so much TV time. Yeah. Man. We saw Dolph get, get cut. Like, yeah, just the people who aren't being used, cut them loose, man. You know, do it on good terms, give them some solid severance and you can always bring them back sometime. It's wrestling. You can mm-hmm. always bring people back, you know, CM Punk's back in WWE. Bret Hart got back in good graces. Especially AEW, dude. They got the forbidden door wide open. So. Yeah, exactly. So you can always bring them back. So I think they could do with just trimming the roster that way you, you really can, you know, just invest the time in people and not, you know, not feel like you're, you're putting people on the back burner that shouldn't be. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I see a, a ton. The kind of start stop pushes is, is uh, one of the big issues with AEW over the past year and a half. Brett says, Oh, he, he kind of brings up Nia Jackson says he's enjoying her run too. We kind of talked about that earlier, that this is the most enjoyable that Nia Jackson has ever been. Um, and Zach Hertzler said, are we waking up for elimination chamber? We talked about that. We're definitely waking up, getting some mimosas flowing. Um, Zach also says he's definitely waking up and definitely <laughs> drinking beer. and definitely drinking beer. You gotta let us watching. know what breakfast beers you're going with, man. We did the, uh, 
we would do we would do breakfast beers during the Saudi shows when we lived in Hawaii. Because like I said, those would be kicking off at like six in the morning. We usually do like some some hibiscus ale or something like that. What usually something it, a little the, bit lower um, ABV. Was it the Greatest Royal Rumble or something yeah. like that where we'd got the Bret Hart? Um, yeah, those beers. are those are hibiscus yeah. ales. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so usually something a little bit you know sub 4.0 on the abvs yeah uh just to keep it a little bit like you know you don't want to be smashed by 10 a.m dude but uh but yeah you, <laughs> you know zach you know, he brings the heavy hitters yeah, dude. He, yeah he's gonna be drinking like an imperial stout <laughs> yeah oh man uh tyson neil trevino do you see uh jimmy and jay on night one or two of mania i say probably night two i think it's yeah, I, no, I think night one. I don't think you have it the same night as Roman's big match with Cody. Oh, you're probably right. I think it goes on night one. I think we see it in that same spot that Charlotte and Rhea and like Finn and Edge were in last year, right? Like the basically like the co-main event, you know, that whether they build as the co-main event or not, I see that match going second to last on night one. Brett Sharrow hitting us with some t- statistics. Roman Reigns, in terms of days, is now longer than the amount of days that is considered the time period of the Attitude Era. That's effing crazy. Thoughts? Well, in the Attitude Era flew by. <laughs> For as much you know love as it gets, it was such a short, uh, such a short period. In, in but such time. a huge peak, though. Huge I think impact. Yeah, yes. it's impact still we have felt nowadays. Uh, as far as Roman goes, I think everybody just needs to acknowledge him, like he's been telling you, dude. We're all very, very lucky to be fans and get to see this historic reign. Like we haven't yeah. seen something like this since the mid eighties. And I think the people that are hating on it, the people that are, you know, they're like the kids in school in the nineties who are like, Oh, I'm tired of the bulls winning the championship every year, dude. Like, no, you need to just sit back, enjoy the ride and appreciate that you were a fan at the same time. This was happening. dude. You could have been born at any time in history, dude, the entire world. And you just happened to be born at the time when Roman Reigns was going on a thousand plus day run. Yeah. This is this generation's attitude era, dude. They're going to be talking about this for, for decades to come. And it's, it's literally going to shape, the future of wrestling. So we're not going to see something like this again in our lifetime. No. Like we're just not dude. Like I think it's, yeah, it's, we're not going to see another run, another rain like this just because it does take so much investment. Think about how much just time they put into Roman reigns. And just for this faith, dude, run. I get like, I talked about on the debate. I mean, there was times when Roman reigns was eating dog food on national television. Like, you know what I mean? Like there, at any point, he could have just been like, I'm taking my ball and going elsewhere, or it could have just like went sideways. All of that, all of that fed into the character we have now, dude. The yeah. fans shitting on him, dude, which is why I say, if you didn't love him at his big dog, you don't deserve him at his tribal chief. Yeah, we're, we're day one ish here. We, we can, yep. pr- we can proudly talk about Roman's reign because uh, we, we've been riding the Roman train for, I mean, since day one. So, and I think he's still going to go. I still stand by it. Roman's going to win at WrestleMania, dude. It would not shock me, dude. I, I, I don't know where my heart is going to... September gonna... is when he's... I mean, it's so close to knocking yeah. off that racist piece of shit Hulk Hogan out of the... You know, knocking him down another peg in the record books, dude. Yeah, You've already just, come this far. Let's just far. quote the Turnbuckle Taverns, uh, Tom, the OG fig kid, one more time. We didn't come this far just to come this far, dude. Beats Cody. Take, pass up Hogan. Take that belt in the mania against The Rock. You know he's going over against The Rock. At that point, you're less than two years away from passing up Bruno, dude. So let it keep rolling, man. Oh, boy. Uh, John Swallow says, uh, of Coming Down the Aisle podcast, by the way, he says, would you ever wear a $500 shirt? I mean, first of all, I would never own a $500 shirt. But if I did own a $500 shirt, I would certainly wear it. Yeah, I still have on my bucket list. I really want that Survivor Series 94 shirt. $500 is probably the cost of doing business just to get that on your back. So if I somehow, you know, fell into some fuck you money where I absolutely did not care and bought it, I would definitely wear it. So I would, 
um, yeah. under the right circumstances. I mean, yeah, you have to. I mean, it would. I literally think be, that's the only shirt. I think that's the only five hundred dollars shirt I would wear. It would have to be worn worn with care. Um, Sam, our buddy Sam Evans. Speaking of Australia, we've been talking about Australia all night. Our buddy Sam Evans made an awesome freaking um, Bret Hart painting on a shirt, and it just it looks fantastic. It's a wearable piece of art, um, and it, I mean, it's it comes with a nice price tag too. But I just, dude, I don't know that that kind of it's just so delicate, you know, like I, I would be so worried about ruining that shirt. So anyway, you got to go check it out. I don't know if he sold it yet or not, but if he hasn't, it's a it's a freaking masterpiece. Jason Koenig says, what analogy of wrestling do you and Seth <laughs> Seth use when parenting? Uh, we talk about like healing off, <laughs> like with one of the kids healing off or something. <laughs> yeah. dude. Oh, man. Usually you use that one comes up a lot. Or, if the, you know, if the kids are sick, we talk about them kicking out of stuff when they start getting better. I don't know. It's so many. It's kind of hard to like think of one off the top of my head just because we have you so much wrestling lingo. I was going to say, you guys know I use so much wrestling lingo. Seth has to tell me not to use it in public. Um, <laughs> Brian Vermeer says, who is going into the WWE Hall of Fame this year? I think somebody else, Joseph Mulatto, also asked about Hopefully Bray. Yeah, I think Bray Let's see for Bray sure. go in, man. I don't really... It's kind of hard to say. I don't know who's kind of, especially with this lawsuit and stuff going on. I don't know who's on good terms, who's not on good terms with WWE right now. But I can see Paul Heyman. This is Philadelphia. Paul I can be a see good Paul one. Heyman because you go ECW heavy. Though the uh, are the Dudleys in yet? I mean, honestly, dude, the Hall of Fame's like yeah. To be to be blunt, it's a little bit of a joke to me. Like it's it's not any type of authority authoritative Hall of Fame. So I, you know, if you threw up a pop quiz right now, I. I couldn't do great on telling you who's uh, you know who's in who's not but i'd say go e- i think bray and then maybe go for, for like your your headliner and then maybe go ecw heavy with the uh kind of the undercard you know give us you know give us the dudley boys um you know maybe tommy dreamer just some some of those guys some of the big ecw uh stalwarts yeah 100 percent um what uh, we talked about what figures we're looking forward to um Joseph says, "Do you swerve when you drive?" Of course, of course we do. That's Brett's. That's Brett's theme song right now. Joseph says, "The Rock, Roman Reigns, and Cody Rhodes. You have to acknowledge one, let one finish its story, and smell what the one is cooking." So we're gonna smell what the Rock is cooking. Obviously, gonna acknowledge Roman, and I'm gonna let Cody finish his story because honestly, I think his story ends at WrestleMania this year, staring up at the lights. One, two, three. So that's my answer. If. uh I mean, just imagine imagine the outrage i can already feel it i can already feel the freaking twitter machine just on so said, fire you, know, you got that one meme dude you paid you know eight thousand bucks for ringside seats at wrestlemania just to hear this and it hits the one two three in roman's music <laughs> oh, dude god yeah same i'm same i i think i'm gonna acknowledge roman cody's gonna finish his story and uh we're smell what the rock is cooking all right reminder this show is brought to you by ringside collectibles use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your purchases there. Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco running the Twitter machine at Chick Foley show. Join all the fun over on Facebook at chickfoley.com and make sure you're following all of our pod foundation brethren at coming down the aisle, the turnbuckle tavern and the boys over at the extra cooler show. All right, hit us with some closing thoughts and we'll put a wrap on this episode. Um, I'll see you down under. Thank you.